What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 75. We just watched the Super Bowl a couple days ago. We're going to yeah. give our predictions for next year. Who's going to start a quarterback for every team? Who's going to win? What awards? We just have the NFL honors, so that'd be fun to do some predictions. You know us. Way too early predictions mm. for, for these awards, for sure. Yeah. Um, seventy Episode 75, though, I mean, three quarters of the way to 100 is kind of crazy to think about. Oh, yeah. Uh, not too much to talk about this week. There, I mean, besides the Super Bowl, not a lot going on. We will talk about that James Harden trade uh to Philly and Ben Simmons obviously going back to the Nets in that one. So let's get out of the stuff. way. Yeah. yeah, well, some baseball stuff, some big news with that came out. Uh, none of the players or anything though, because mm-hmm. again, we're locked out. But just so I don't forget it, because I always do, it seems like, uh, yeah. who's your favorite number 75? All right. Uh, number 75, I usually like to go with some guys who are close to me, but I'm just going with a great here. Mean Joe Green, Steelers defensive tackle, Hall of Famer. Uh, all-decade team, and he was the all-100 starting to tackle, I believe, last season. So, yeah, I mean, Joe Green. Yeah, it's not, not a bad one there with MJG, I guess. I don't know yeah. if people call him that or something like that. <laughs> Maybe they but uh, Barry Zito is going to be my favorite number 75 of all time. On the Cy Young with the A's back in 2002, three-time All-Star, 2012 World Series champ with the Giants. Played all of his career in the Bay. Uh, and for sure an A's legend in that big three with Hudson and Mark Mulder, those guys, uh, when we were super, super, super young. Yeah. So shout out to, to Mr. Zito because he held it down. Now let's get to the opener. I'll let's, let's I guess, well, speaking of, uh, speaking of uh, Barry Zito, your pick, he was on the Moneyball team. Did we did we talk about uh, Jeremy? Uh, Last Jason. Week or? Wait, yeah, J- yeah, Jeremy. Jeremy, Jeremy, yeah. Jeremy was also on that team. Mm. Passed away from the Moneyball team. Very sad to hear. Yeah, but yeah. Just thought you know that's those are teammates right there. True. Yeah, that's true. So R.I.P. to Jeremy, mm. uh, and condolences to the family. Obviously. Yeah. All right. The opener goes on a lighter note now. Yeah. Uh, favorite thing that we saw from this past week, Skyler had something on here that I didn't really expect to see Skyler put yeah. on here. Tell me a bit about the men's half pipe final. Yeah. So Thursday night when it seemed like everybody in the world was either watching the NFL honors or making fun of Kanye on Twitter. I was watching the men's half pipe final snowboarding for the Olympics. Um, it was Sean White's last ever run, the greatest snowboarder of all time. Uh, he finished fourth. Uh, and I'm not upset with that because even if he ran a perfect run, Ayumu Hirano, the Japanese snowboarder, landed the first ever triple cork in Olympic history. If you don't know what that means, it's half pike. You're going up and down like mm-hmm. this. The triple cork is pushing yourself the other way, sideways, uh, three times in a row. That's 1080, I believe. First time it's ever been done, and he uh, he did it twice actually. So he got ninety six out of a hundred on his uh, on his last run. So crazy stuff. <laughs> man, good for good for Sean White. Good for yeah. the Japanese man who went ahead, 
one that I want, I'm not even going to try to say his name because uh, mm. I know I'd butcher that. But the favorite thing I saw is Odell Beckham Jr. becoming a Super Bowl champion, whether if it was with the torn ACL, uh, standing on the sidelines or not. Being a Super Bowl champion is something that's very, very big in today's game, and it's always going to be something that we look at when Odell's career is done uh, for Hall of Fame cases, stuff like that. And, and Super Bowl rings definitely have a big part of that. And mm. what a second half of the year for Odell, for sure. I mean, in Cleveland, he was pretty much nobody. A lot of people thought it was his fault. Uh, a whole bunch of other people thought it was Baker's fault, and that obviously ended up being correct. But didn't go well in Cleveland. He ends up getting released, picked up by the Rams, and Odell just returned back to the prime. I don't even know if I, prime prime Odell. Would that be something to say? I, I guess so. I mean, he, he really showed out. That's uh, that's going to be the defining moment of his career, I think. Yeah, he. I mean, there's always going to be the the number one defining moment with the crazy cash exactly, and all yeah. that stuff. But I mean, shout out to Odell. I'm super happy for him. Seeing him cry on the sidelines yeah. uh, in tears of joy, not sadness when he tore his ACL, but I'm super happy for him and a wide receiver. That's really been a staple of this generation for sure. Oh yeah. Next up is the Immaculate sports player of the week. We didn't put a poll up because this one's pretty obvious when there's mm-hmm. Super Bowl MVP, it's going to be the Immaculate sports player of the week. And that is Cooper cup. Greatest wide receiver season ever. Skyler. I mean, he, he, he won say? the triple crown this. I mean, I know people are saying with the extra game, it's helpful. I think it might hurt these guys, you know, a little bit, maybe more chance to get hurt, more chance uh, to be fatigued for a long playoff run. But uh, Cooper Cup didn't care. Yeah. You know, he, he put up uh, on some numbers that we probably won't see for a while. Yeah, Cooper Cup went crazy. He had eight catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns. I don't know if I mentioned that already, but he he he's fun to watch and I, i'm very happy that it was eli apple that he got that last touchdown yeah. against because that provided us with a lot of twitter content that we will talk about a bit later in the episode at halftime team reports i mean pretty casual week i'd say for the both of us uh, yeah not a lot going coming on out for the jets uh nothing yet but we got uh the combine coming up three weeks from now so uh you know hopefully we'll hear some more news of uh maybe some smoke screen even of who we're interested in drafting, but I know you had some pretty big news this week, Kyle. We did. But potential news, uh, <laughs> you know, for, uh, for a team report during a time when, uh, you know, not a lot of stuff should be going on. You guys had some pretty big news. That's fair. Uh, we did hire a couple coordinators. I guess that's some news. Uh, it's not the news that Skyler's talking about. Yeah. I don't think, but uh, Mick Lombardi, offensive coordinator, kind of interesting, only 33 years old, wide receivers coach in New England the last few years and has spent some time with the Niners as well. But he comes over and not becomes a lead in our offense because of Josh McDaniels, but probably that secondary man uh, right behind uh, Mickey D's, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, a couple other just smaller coaching hires, that also happened this past week. But I think what Skyler was pointing at was the likely extension of QB Derek Carr uh, and how much money he's supposed to get and all this stuff. They expect his extension be 35 plus mil a year, uh, which is interesting. But there's also been rumors that say 
Uh, Carr would be willing to take less money to go ahead and get his former college receiver or counterpartner, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Devontae Adams on the roster as well. And if Carr's willing to do that, I would be 100% okay with him doing that. And I think every single Raider fan would. And all the Raider fans that hate Derek Carr, if he gets us Devontae Adams, you can't really hate him. So hopefully that happens. Obviously going to look pretty tough with the money situation, but I mean, is the salary cap even real at this point? <laughs> yeah. It's not like the NBA yet, but we're getting there. Yeah. Restructured contracts, everything, all that stuff makes it seem like there really isn't any, but we're going to talk about the Super Bowl now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already talked about the MVP a little bit, but just a few things, some what if situations that have been running through my mind that I want yeah. to ask you about. And the first of which is going to be, what if Odell was healthy this whole game? What, what do you think the score turns out to be? Honestly, I, I was thinking, I think exactly what I said last week, what happened would have happened. You know, the Rams probably win by 10 plus. It seemed like as soon as Odell got hurt, it was a full momentum shift over to Cincinnati. They went on a little two for one run at the end of the second quarter, start of the third quarter. Um, and after that, pretty much, I think what most people expected, even though we were rooting for Cincinnati, is that that Rams defensive line would just take their shots at Joe Burrow. And that's what happened here. So I think the Rams probably win by 10 to 14 points if Odell doesn't get hurt. That's fair. That's fair you know, if Skaronic doesn't tip the ball up in the air, then there's no run for Cincinnati, you know? That's true. Next of uh, one of the things I want to talk about, we knew the Cincinnati O-line was not going to be a strength for them. Not Cincinnati. LA ended up having seven sacks in that game, two by Von Miller, two by Aaron Donald. We knew those guys were going to go off. How does this game change if Cincinnati has an O-line? You know, this this changes the last drive of the game, I think, for sure. Um, uh, with the Matt Gay Mr. Extra Point earlier on, uh, you know, it, it made it a three-point game for Cincinnati at the end there. And uh, I think they have a better shot at going for that field goal at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, you know, and it's, again, it, Tyler Boyd makes that catch. We're not even having this conversation on that third down either. But, sure. uh, I mean, it, I guess it's hard to predict. I mean, maybe maybe we go to overtime if they have a good O-line. That's, that's probably as far as I would go, you know, that last mm-hmm. drive of the game. Do you also think that we're in overtime if Joe Mixon gets that carry instead of Samaj P. Ryan? Or do you think uh, maybe the Bengals want it in regulation? What do you think happens there if uh, they you know, decide to give the ball yeah. to their, their top 10 running back that they have in the league? Yeah, so Mixon had 15 carries for 72 yards this game. I think if he had 25 carries, they'd probably win this game. Yeah. Uh, th- I think that was their best player, uh, at least on Sunday. Mm. Uh, offensively. makes a chance yeah, yeah. The, but who knows but, if that flag gets called that's a whole nother scenario mm. that we could be talking about and there's a whole bunch of what ifs but we won't stay for too long on that because uh, what ifs gets you in a crazy reality <laughs> uh things that just didn't happen but overall super bowl rams win still a very successful season for the Bengals. i, for, I know we forgot to put this on here mm-hmm Let's do some team grades for these guys and maybe some needs going into the off season. So okay. first up the Cincinnati Bengals, their season grade. And, and what do you think their biggest need is? I think we all know <laughs> what their biggest need yeah. is going into this 2022 off season. 
Yeah, Cincinnati's gonna gonna get an A plus for this season. I think uh, you're gonna agree with me on that one. Uh, just crazy run that no one really expected. Again, I, I you know when you look at the numbers, you're like, okay, this makes sense. But you step back, you're like, Joe Burrow in the second year after tearing his knee completely up just a year ago mm-hmm. is ridiculous. And obviously, for that reason too, their biggest need is going to be to protect Joe Burrow. You can't have him getting sacked. What was it, thirty-seven times in one playoff run? You, you, probably not that number, but something definitely close not to it. thirty-seven. Definitely not thirty-seven. Uh, Twenty-seven. Probably like twenty-seven, yeah. maybe. <laughs> but uh, I mean, a plus season for the Bengals, hundred percent. Let's not get that that mixed up at all. A plus season, Super Bowl run, a completely unexpected Super Bowl run for a team that was in last place just the year before and had the first pick just two years before. But the the need is offensive line so much so that I still probably would have taken Penny Suo over mm-hmm. Jamar Chase. I still think I would have done it because if imagine if Joe Burrow tore that ACL again on that in that sack and where yeah. he hurt his knee in the Super Bowl. I mean, you can't just mess around and not like look at the biggest issue that you have on your team. Sure, you're you're winning games, but you have to do everything at all costs to go ahead and protect Joe Burrow because he will not be playing football in five years if he has the offensive line that he's had these past few years. We saw this from Andrew Luck. He this man didn't even get to the Super Bowl. His offensive line was so bad. So uh you know, Joe Burrow's a good one. You got to make sure he's upright, Cincinnati. Come on now. Yeah. And then I think we're going to have a similar grade here for the Rams with the A+. plus. Yeah. Obviously, winning the Super Bowl, just the best thing that you could possibly do. They did uh, their so job, how about, man. How about we just talk about their biggest need going into the offseason? You just got to retool. There's a lot of great stuff coming back, but it's, it's a little stuff like Von Miller. It's probably not coming back. You probably don't have anything to, uh, to bring them back with. Um, they're kind of in cap and draft pick hell too. Uh, mm-hmm. so get a cheaper defensive end with similar production as Von Miller, I guess. Um, and just make sure you guys are healthy for next year. Uh, you know, like you said, Odell's probably not going to be playing much next season, at least in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need a receiver and you need a defensive end, I think, and you should be ready to reload it for next year. Yeah, the Rams are interesting because if Aaron Donald retires, that, that I didn't even just, think about that. Yeah. That just throws everything into a wrench. I don't think this team could compete for a Super Bowl, regardless of the roster, if they don't have Aaron Donald on that squad. So retool, convince him as much as you possibly can. But at the end of the day, you can't convince him too much because if he wants to retire, just let the man retire. He has done so much for the city of St. Louis and Los Angeles uh, when they're playing back in S- STL as well. So. I feel like if he retires, uh, some some people from, you know, the next couple generations be like, what the hell? How is this guy the greatest defensive lineman of all time? You know, he doesn't have as many sacks as this guy or this guy or this guy. But, uh, yeah, you, you know, watching him these year by year, years you can tell crazy. he's been the best defensive player in football for eight years now at this point. So it's something that you can't ignore for sure. Hmm. All right. Here is, Exciting I stuff. guess, the main event for our show, <laughs> the QB predictions for all 32 teams. After that, that will transition into halftime. 
So let's start with the AFC East. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these I have are staying the same from yes. the QBs this past season, where the Jets have Zach Wilson, Bills, Josh Allen, Pats, Mac Jones, and the Dolphins to a Tango Viola. Yeah, yeah, I had the same thing, staying the same. Uh, the only division like this, I believe, I have. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Pretty yeah. sure. Uh, then we get to the AFC South. I have the Texans first with Davis Mills. Yeah, I think uh, you got to run it back with Davis Mills and see what you got out of him, but you can't lollygag it around. I know they hired Lovey Smith, which is kind of a one-and-done hire. We talked about this, but you got to give Davis Mills a shot, I think. Yeah. Next up uh, for the Colts, I have James Winston. I think that's an interesting one. Uh, Jameis, I believe, is a free agent this this year. So go ahead, give Jameis a shot, because obviously getting that QB that just doesn't do much and doesn't create turnovers, all that stuff wasn't working out for you. So go ahead, get the gunslinger, the guy that can play really, really well, but also can cost us some games. I'm going to go with Teddy Bridgewater for the Colts. They are kind of in draft pick hell right now. So I don't see them pulling off any trade uh, for a, a better quarterback. And I think Teddy's probably the best guy on the market this year. Uh, so I have the Colts going for him. Next up, I have the Titans. Uh, Tannehill is the main quarterback here. I do <clears> think <throat> they draft a guy. I don't think he probably even plays at all. And I have that being Sam Howell. Okay. Okay. Uh, with the Titans, I just have Brian Tannehill. I think they're just going to try to repeat like last year. You know, if everyone's healthy the titans should expect to be right back where they were last year so yeah, yeah. the jags trevor lawrence pretty obvious there yes. and then we get to the north steelers i have malik willis all right uh with the steelers i have mason rudolph as the starter they seem to love this guy so i don't see him doing anything crazy uh, i also have a rookie there uh i'm gonna go ahead and say it's malik will i didn't write it down but i'm gonna say malik willis uh is a is a guy they draft, but Mason Rudolph is going to start for them. Mm-hmm. The rest of the QBs in the division, I do have unchanged. That's Lamar Baker and Burrow. Yeah. They, Lamar uh, they Burrow, picked up Baker's obvious. fifth. So, so, yeah. and then Baker, uh, Skyler does think he's staying in Cleveland as well. So we don't have to discuss that any furthermore. AFC West, Mahomes, Herbert, and Carr seem to be pretty safe. Mm. All of them. I know one doesn't seem like the other two, but Still, those guys do seem pretty safe. That leaves us with the Broncos, who have probably the craziest uh, range uh, this offseason as far as the best quarterback that they could get and the worst quarterback that they can get. I have it being Carson Wentz as their number one and also (laughs) drafting the guy being Carson Strong. I also have them drafting Carson Strong here, too. Once we get closer uh, to the draft and we can finally separate these guys. It seems like there's six guys that are really close to each other. We don't know where they're going to end up, but I have mm-hmm. the starter being Jameis Winston. I think they're going to try to get Aaron Rodgers, but, uh, end up failing. And we'll, I'll, I'll get into that when we get to the Packers explain where, what Aaron Rodgers is doing. I don't want to give it away, but, uh, not going to the Broncos here. They're going to sign Jameis. NFC East, the Cowboys, Dak. Yes. The Commanders, I have making a big move with the new name. If the lawsuits are cleared, Deshaun Watson. That's a big one. That's big. I uh, also have him making a pretty big move here, but it's for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I don't think this roster is terrible. We know the NFC East likes to collapse every couple of years. 
and this could be one of them. Uh, so I have them trading for Jimmy G, and they're going to sign someone. Sorry, draft someone too. Uh, I'll say it's Matt Corral for now as a backup, but uh, Jimmy G is going to be the big guy they go for. Yeah. So the reason why the Commanders traded for Deshaun Watson in my alternate reality or yeah. future reality, I guess, uh, is because of what the Eagles did. And the Eagles got a big fish of their own, and that is Russell Wilson. Wow. They're currently the favorite to go ahead and get him. So uh, that's what I went for. I'm I'm a little skeptical of Jalen Hurts, sure. But, I, uh, I, you know, they were a playoff team last year. I don't think you can mess with that. I think they're going to run it back and keep pounding the ball. Uh, we'll see, man. Mm-hmm. Then lastly, the Giants. I have Daniel Jones being there still, as well as a rookie QB, Desmond Ritter. All right. All right. I originally had uh, Russell Wilson here, the last one we did, but I don't think he's going anywhere this season. So I have him sticking with Danny Dimes. I think Brian Dable is going to try to, I guess, you know, fix him for lack of a better word there and uh, see if he can stick it through. Because he's got a fifth year option after this season, too, that they can give him. Yeah. It then takes us to the NFC South. The Falcons being the first team on my list here, sticking mm. with Matt Ryan. Yes, I, you, I don't think you can financially do anything about that. So uh, mm. sorry, Atlanta. The, or Matt Ryan's not that bad. Well, I, not that he's I bad. Mean, I, not that it's just that they can't, you know, get started on the rebuild yet. They're just kind of retooling. That's fair. Then that goes to the Bucks. This is an interesting one with no Tom Brady anymore. Yeah. Uh, when we did this our last time, I think we all thought it was 100% going to be Tom. Uh, so Jimmy G is going to be the Bucks quarterback here in, in this scenario for me. All right. Uh, I'm going to have Tampa Bay going after Carson Wentz here. I think Carson Wentz is going to get cut after they can't figure out a trade with that crazy contract of his. So uh, I think the Bucks will swoop in and, Give him whatever he wants, I guess. Uh, it's going to definitely be a new-look Tampa Bay team next year. Mm-hmm. I also have Trask being on that roster, too. Yes. I don't know if he plays much, but I think they're going to eventually have to see, hey, what, what do we have in this guy? It goes to the Saints now. Who that nation? Yeah. Uh, having one of the two rookie quarterbacks I have starting uh, from the get-go, and that is Matt Corral. Corral. All right. Uh, with the Saints, I have Taysom Hill still there starting. Uh, I think he will start. You know, the, he has, he's got a big contract. They're going to try again and see if he can play quarterback in this league. But also think they could draft a guy. And I'm going to say it's Sam Howell right now. He seems to be one of the most uh, NFL ready to go out of this group. So that could be a good option for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then we get to the Panthers last team in this division. They're sticking with Sam Darnold to an extent, but with the high pick that they have, they're going to take Kenny Pickett. Also of Kenny Pickett, think he should be starting here. Uh, again, barring some uh, bad news about Kenny Pickett, you know, Darnold will be on the roster too, but I don't know. For some reason, I just, there's a lot of bad luck going on in Carolina right now. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if something goes wrong with Kenny Pickett, but I think he's a draft picker. Should start week one. Yeah. Then we get to the NFC North, the Packers being the first team. A lot of confusion of earlier years or early in the year, I guess, throughout the season. 
I still have him sticking with Rodgers here, though. It seems like that relationship was healed quite a bit. I don't know if he has Devontae there, but A-Rod is either there or he retires and Jordan Love steps in. Yeah, I'm going to just say Jordan Love for this one. Um, I know there have been some reports that Rodgers was uh, was all in with the Packers again for next year, but I haven't heard him say that. So I'm not going to buy it until he says it. So until he says it, I'm saying Jordan Love. Yeah. Next up is the Vikings. I have him sticking with Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. You got a good thing with Kirk for now, at least. Then with the Bears, I mean, they drafted a rookie QB last year in the first round. So Justin Fields remains their guy. Yeah. He was really not good last year, but uh, he's got so much potential. They're going to. He, he had flashes. Yeah. Some flashes. He had some flashes. Yeah. Then with the Lions, I think Jared Goff played well enough to go ahead and get himself another year. But I think later in the rounds, I don't think the first round, uh, just because of what the Lions' needs are, uh, how bad they are every other spot, mm-hmm. I think uh, you can address QB later in the draft. But not that far later because Bailey Zapp is, is oh. my other guy here. All right. All right. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, – Jared Goff should get another shot here. He wasn't horrible last year, but also they should draft another guy. Maybe with that last first rounder uh, they have, which is the Rams pick 32. And I'm going to say Desmond Ritter. I guess that's the one I haven't said yet. So, yeah. Then we get to the NFC West. Mine has changed up a little bit uh, because of that Russ Wilson trade. Obviously Seattle needs Mm. a new QB Rams sticking with Stafford. And then we get to Seattle you have Russ still being there, I assume. I do, yeah. And then I year. have Jalen Hurts being there because of that trade with the Eagles. That'd be interesting. The Cardinals up next. Kyler, there's some some interesting stuff going on there. I think it's yeah. all smoke, though. Kyler remains as the QB of the Cardinals. I do have him, uh, have him here to start, but I don't think we should ignore what's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not a big uh, believer in, oh, my God, dude, he changed up his uh, social media. You know, he's leaving. He's, he wants out. But I think there's something here. Um, but yeah. I, I'm not ready to to take him out of the spot, I think. Again, it's it's another one of those situations where he's probably going to play out one more year like Russell Wilson and see what happens. Yeah, I'm definitely fair with saying that as well. Mm-hmm. Then we get to the Niners, the last team that we have on this list. I have um, using the QB that they took at number three last year, Trey Lance. Yeah, it's got to be Trey Lance. You know, uh, I'm definitely a little bit concerned about Trey Lance, but you took him number three. You got to see what you have. Um, and if I'm the Niners, you know, you just got to the NFC Championship game with Jimmy Garoppolo. And mm-hmm. I know for whatever reason, it, it was just a great fit over there. But if I'm the Niners, I am not going to be scared to move on from Trey Lance if I'm getting to the NFC Championship game with a, a cheaper quarterback. You know, That's fair. That's fair. All right. So yeah, next thing is. up, <laughs> that was our, I mean, that was our QB predictions for, for next year. We did this about a month ago at this point. Uh, but now that we know the guys that are retiring, all stuff. A little easier. We, we kind of get a more clear picture of what we should be guessing at. And so we got that going on there. Yeah. Next up would be the way to the awards for 2022 or 2023. But you're going to have to wait until after halftime to go mm-hmm. ahead and listen to that. Uh, Skelly, go ahead and talk about the awards that we had this year as we get into halftime. Yeah, NFL honors on Thursday. Didn't watch it because I, uh, you know, pretty much assumed most of the awards that were handed out uh, 
we're going to be to the right guys. So uh, let me look it up here. At least, well, I don't have to look up all of them. You know, the MVP is Aaron Rodgers. I think we all expected that one. Um, just a great year for Mayrod, back-to-back MVP. And uh, a lot of people were pushing for Tom Brady because he had more yards. But I think through all the chaos, Aaron Rodgers deserved that one. Uh, offensive yeah. player of the year, Cooper Cup. Ended up winning Super Bowl MVP, uh, one of the greatest receiving seasons we've ever seen. You know, I I was eventually on board with that one, moving uh, Jonathan Taylor away, just because we've never seen this from the wide receiver position in a while, triple crown. Uh, defensive player of the year, TJ Watts. Um, he missed two games this year to injury, but he still had the best numbers, 22 and a half sacks, tied the record, Michael Strahan. No objections there. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase from the Bengals. Questionable pick. Kyle's still not completely on board with it. I kind of agree with you too, but he was one of the best offensive rookies. You know, I was definitely leaning towards Mac Jones here for most of the year, but uh, he started struggling, didn't win the playoff game. Maybe too harsh on him, but Jamar Chase was great too. He's the offensive rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year, unanimous Micah Parsons. This guy is ridiculous. Um, and I'm scared for NFC East teams for the next 10 years. Comeback player, Joe Burrow, for obvious reasons, wrecked the knee, came back, went to the Super Bowl. Coach of the year, Mike Vrabel wins back-to-back. They get the one seed through all the injuries. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I was content with most of the awards. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, you know, Eli Apple. Uh, Apple. I got some stuff yeah. here. Uh, so I don't have all the tweets here, but I know Eli Apple is one of the most craziest trash talkers. I don't know if he's a good trash talker, but he's one of the craziest trash talkers there is in the NFL. And I guess he's good at it because he gets a lot of people that he's talked trash to to respond to him once Eli Apple has done something bad. That's allowing the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Michael Thomas, I know, tweeted stuff out. Uh, Gardner Johnson, DB, former teammate on the Saints with Eli Apple, was tweeting stuff out. I guess Eli Apple was talking shit about his former teams, all this stuff. So there's that part of it. And then the main stuff is with McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman uh, got added by Eli Apple two weeks ago when they won uh, talking shit to them and saying that they're just not about it or something like that. I don't know. Just, just casual trash talk, I guess. So McCall Hardman tweeted out right after the Super Bowl ended saying at Eli Apple, wish you was a better corner, bro. Then the game winning touchdown wouldn't have been scored on you. And then there was also another one. Uh, this one I think is a bit better. It says Eli Apple. It's cool. Big bro. You might get one of these one day. And he's taking a photo of his Super Bowl ring. Uh, that he got two years ago when the Kansas City Chiefs beat the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. And then went on to say, but in the meantime, just go get better at your craft. And then threw a peace sign emoji on there. So McCole Hardman, Eli Apple got some beef going on. I think it's fair to say we'll never see them uh, collabing for anything in the future. Uh, But we'll see (laughs) if we have uh, a matchup with them too in the next few years. Because that would be kind of fun to see. It kind of a mediocre players, but kind of fun when, when you have trash talk like that going on in the NFL. Yeah, I kind of always, uh, you know, viewed Eli Apple as just uh, just a meme, not a not an NFL level player. So this is pretty funny that it happened at the Super Bowl. Yeah. 
exposed. Next up is some baseball news that Scott is going to talk about, uh, starting with the Universal DH. Yeah, you know, we haven't got a lot of traction yet with the lockout here, but we finally have some confirmed agreements. You know, we'll start off with the Universal DH. Um, if the se- When the season starts, whenever that is, hopefully soon. The National League will use a DH too. Um, a lot of people don't like this because uh, they think it takes out the strategy of baseball, you know, and uh, it's just uh, kind of the tradition. A lot of traditionalists watch baseball, right, for baseball. Uh, but I'm not upset. You know, there's already so much. Uh, just look, look what Tampa Bay has been doing with all the platooning. I think there's enough strategy in baseball, you know, to, to be up, upset about this. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with the universal DH. It's for the money. Yeah. And uh, one more thing they agreed on, too, so far as a draft lottery. Um, maybe trying to get rid of tanking, um, which it, I guess only Baltimore has been doing in the past. But I guess I haven't taken a deep enough dive of like what Arizona has been doing the past couple of years. But uh, nothing else is official. We don't know what, what it's going to entail. Anyone's going to be protected, the, what the odds are going to look like. Uh, but this this should be interesting. Get more people involved in the MLB draft. I enjoy watching it every year. Yeah, it's just the reason why the MLB draft doesn't have a lot of traction in mainstream media mm. is because you don't get immediate impact. And that's what people like uh, in football or in basketball, where you have the number one pick playing pretty much every night on, on I don't know, national television, but mainstream mm. television where you can watch them and not uh, in the Arizona Fall League. Yeah, and, you know, number one pick this year is Henry Davis. Most people don't know who he is. Maybe not mm-hmm. the highest potential. They don't understand, you know, that, I don't know, it's it's just different. College players versus prep players, It's uh, it can be confusing for a, a newcomer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of the newcomers, too, one more thing. It's not official, but baseball is trying to cut down the minor leagues. Yeah. 180 to 150 is the numbers that they're trying to do, uh, which would leave a thousand people jobless pretty much. So not a good idea, but probably more than that. Just a thousand players. Imagine all the coaches, umpires, uh, everything, you know, which sucks. They already cut down the drafts, which sucks because guys we know who would have had a shot, you know, to get drafted. who We played with uh, Mm -hmm. aren't going to get that opportunity anymore. Yeah. So fortunate. Just what happens when you market the game so bad. Uh, MLB is so so terrible at that stuff. But, hey, if they want to destroy their game, then they can go ahead and destroy the game and screw us all over. Uh, one guy, he screwed himself earlier, over <laughs> earlier, uh, but is making right of his stuff now is Tyreek Evans. Tell us or tell the audience and me a little about, about the former rookie of the year being reinstated into the NBA. Yeah, Tyreek Evans uh... – got caught with some uh, performance enhancing drugs and was banned from the NBA. But after two years, he's getting reinstated. Um, it's just, it's not like he's going to be doing anything crazy here. Uh, but in 2018, he did average 10 points, 2017, he averaged 20 points and five rebounds. Uh, it's just interesting to me because this is a guy who was compared to people like James Harden. You know, he won the rookie of the year over him. And I know Steph Curry's in that draft class too, but they're, they're very similar players. And Tyreek just just didn't have what James Harden had in his game, you know. And obviously, it's tough. <laughs> it's yeah, just, I thought it's just Tyreek Evans was going to be really, really good when yeah. he first came into the league. But 
obviously he's gone through quite a bit and uh, same similar to the stuff that OJ Mayo went through when he got banned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get away from Tyreek Evans talking back to where's your head at where you can now find out about our way too early award predictions for this next NFL season. The first one are the ones that I have coach of the year, both rookie of the years, both offensive and defensive player of the year. And then the MVP Coach of the year, I have being Mike Tomlin. Oh, that's interesting. All right. I'm going to go with Sean McDermott from Buffalo. Uh, I feel like, unfortunately, Buffalo is going to come out pissed off this year and try to beat everyone by 40 with Josh Allen doing everything for them. And uh, it's scary, but uh, also kind of interesting to see how quickly Buffalo turned it around. They should be right back to where they were last year. Offensive rookie of the year. Uh, and I said you'd see the theme a little bit in, in mm-hmm. my awards. The offensive rookie of the year for me is going to be Malik Willis. I think that also chimes into Mike Tomlin getting that coach of the year. Yeah. He's not with Big Ben anymore. He's, I mean, he has a different squad. And now he's got Najee, obviously, at him last year, but now he has Malik Willis in this scenario as well. And Malik Willis goes ham. I don't know about ham, but he plays well and gets that offensive rookie of the year. All right. My offensive rookie of the year is going to be Traylon Burks, the receiver from Arkansas. Right now he's my number one receiver. Um, This is a guy who I guess similar like A.J. Brown, you know, and I think he has a lot of similarities to Jamar Chase, too, who just won the award. Uh, Just a, a deep threat, you know, and obviously he won't have that connection with anyone in the NFL like Chase did with Burrow. But I don't think any of these quarterbacks are really going to be ready to do anything crazy this year. So similar to last year, the top receiver wins O'Roy. On to defensive rookie of the year now. I don't know what team he's going to be on, but Kayvon Thibodeau is my uh, defensive rookie of the year. All right. Uh, I went with uh, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Uh, I guess, you know, pretty similar pick here. Two of the best edge rushers. Guys who should have, if they stay healthy, should have 10-plus sacks. And we saw what happened with Micah Parsons. He got that 10-sack that mark. He's a great player, and he was unanimous. So I think mm-hmm. something similar could happen with one of these guys. Yeah. Offensive player of the year now, I have Najee being mine. And that, again, sticks with the Lake Willis, Mike yeah. Tomlin theme there. Najee's just a stud. Hopefully they get a bit of, of a better old line because – he wouldn't be able to if he has an O-line that he did have this past year. But if they get a bit of a better O-line, some younger guys on that uh, part of the field, then I think Najee is, as an O-Poy can definitely be something that happens. All right. My O-Poy is going to be Derrick Henry. I really wanted to go Jonathan Taylor here uh, just so he's not forgotten about. This past year was amazing. But, uh, you know, Cooper Cup was better, so he won O-Poy. Uh, but for the reason that Ryan Tannehill is going to stay there, uh, it's not going to be a completely new offensive scheme for him, like someone like uh, Najee or uh, um, Jonathan Taylor with a new quarterback would have. Uh, and Derrick Henry, I mean, he, he looked fine uh, in his first game back from injury. So he should be ready to go started this year, hundred percent. That then takes us to Depoy and with Aaron Donald retiring or possibly retiring, I think he does retire in yeah. my opinion. That makes this award so much more open than it was before. And I'm going with the defensive end that had the most pressures out of any 
any defensive end, any player oh, this boy. past year, and that's Mr. Mad Max. The pressures turned to fruit or turned to sacks, fumbles, touchdowns. Not if know. you're a Jets head rusher. Uh, so hopefully Mad Max. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to go with Micah Parsons here for defensive player of the year. Uh, this guy is so much Probably more obvious choice now at this point. Yeah. I, I didn't look at any odds. I don't know if there even are any, mm-hmm. but this is definitely the first name that popped into my head. Obviously the Watt brothers and if JJ, you know, gets a new contract from somebody and, uh, and Miles Garrett, but, uh, Micah Parsons, man, he was so good last year. Sure. Yeah. Next up, MVP. And I think this guy wants revenge from, uh, I, I guess, his wrongful out last year. Uh, not in the MVP, but in the, the actual playoffs. And I am going with Josh Allen, the quarterback, to be yes. my, my MVP. That's a good pick. I went with the guy who knocked him out, Patrick Mahomes. It's, uh, I'm sorry, Kyle, but uh, when you got a guy as good as Patrick Mahomes, um, it's got to be an automatic preseason pick. You know, That's it's, uh, it's so much more difficult for everyone else to catch up to him here, especially with Tom Brady retiring. Uh, mm-hmm. Should be should be his award to lose this year, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think I had Mahomes last year when we were doing mm-hmm. this, so uh, I don't blame you for putting him there. I'm yeah. just putting head yeah. down because I don't want to see Mahomes do good. Yeah. Lastly, here before we get to uh, the bets, uh, layups. Bull predictions actually did really well this past week, but we're going to talk about the Sixers and the biggest trade in the NBA since James yeah. Harden was traded last year. Is James Harden being traded again to the 76ers? Ben Simmons goes to the Nets in this one, as well as Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. The Nets, or not the Nets, the Sixers also received Paul Millsap in this trade. And the Sixers currently sit the fourth seed right now in the east they are not having jim turn play right now i forget what's going on mm-hmm. but they're getting killed by this, the celtics as, as we're speaking i think they're down 20 at half but does this big trade for former mvp make the sixers the top team in the east and, and the favorite here right now i would probably say either the milwaukee bucks for you know obvious reasons they're the defending champs they got Giannis playing at an mvp level or the Cavs, uh, the two young all-stars, Garland and Allen, plus they, uh, they're they just – they're ready for the playoffs. You know, they had a lot of injuries, but they went out and got Karis LeVert. Uh, they gave Kevin Love a more reasonable role here, playing 20 minutes instead of 40 at his old age. Of um, 32. Yeah, in basketball years. But uh, l- let me watch one game with Harden uh, there to determine. I feel like it could be – a perfect fit you know they played a lot of iso ball in philly without a true point guard there with joel Embiid. but running the pick and roll harden and joel Embiid could be unstoppable so let me watch a game and then i'll determine i as far as favorites in the east go i think that's pretty interesting i i think it's either the bulls or the sixers right now though the bulls i, I know skyler didn't mention them but they yeah. are a really really good team especially when fully healthy and they haven't been fully healthy for a little while now at this point so hopefully Levine gets healthy. DeRozan has been playing like at an MVP level. He's been playing at an MVP level. Hasn't been getting the recognition for it, but he has been. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Sixers though, over them just a little bit. I mean, when you have the two superstar power, uh, probably the best center in the game and then one of the best shooting guards slash point guards in the game with James Harden. Uh, I think 
that's probably going to be the favorite. Uh, and, and why I'm not talking about the Nets here, I just if Kyrie can't play all the games, I really don't think it's they're going to be a factor kind of come to the playoffs. And what's also something interesting is that we we didn't even mention the number one seed in the East right now, the Miami Heat. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's not that I uh, am disregarding the others. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it's just a confusing East. It's definitely it confusing. Is. One Everyone's through six close. is within. Uh, Four and a half games. That doesn't even include the Nets, who are in the that group of seven teams that has a pretty decent chance at go ahead and and making the the finals out of the Eastern Conference. That mm-hmm. uh, then takes us to our layups and our bold predictions, where we can go and get on out of here. My layup last week was over two and a half players have a passing attempt in the Super Bowl. It ended up being four or five. Cause I don't know if they called Johnny Hecker's pass mm-hmm. uh, on the extra point, an actual passing attempt because things get weird on the two point can attempt. Cause that turns into one technically there. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mixon threw a pass Cooper cup threw a pass. And then also obviously Stafford and burrow through passes. So that was, that's probably the easiest lock I've ever had in my life. Yeah, and I had uh, I had Cooper Cup at 104 and a half receiving yards. Didn't get there, but I'm not upset because he had two touchdowns and won the MVP. You know, it doesn't get any closer than that, I guess, for a layup. That's true. That's fair. Then uh, bold prediction. I am very very pumped about this one. I had OBJ first TD, and that hit. Man, it hit. Let's go. Yeah, the non-quarterback winning Super Bowl MVP. That happened, of course. So I got one of my picks. Uh, it was Cooper Cup. Like yeah, I, I feel like we did, we both did pretty good jobs uh, yeah. at picking the Super Bowl MVP or not Super Bowl MVP, but the 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 props Some prop and stuff that yeah. was going to happen in there. So props to us, I guess. <laughs> yes. Then we get to this week. Uh, a lot of NBA All Star stuff in here because that's probably the most fun thing that we're going to talk about or or not talk about, but see within this next week. I have the Jazz over the Lakers though on Sunday. I think uh, Jazz are playing well. Lakers not so much. Uh, so I'm going with the Jazz in uh, Staples Center, or not Staples Center, Crypto.com Arena. Crypto Arena. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with Team Cavaliers winning the Skills Challenge. This is uh, for passing and shooting and uh, like through the big uh, blocks. Uh, and I feel like this is the team here with the most approved. It's so it's Team Rookies: Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, Josh Giddy, Team Antetokounmpo, the three brothers. And Team Cavaliers, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley. I feel like uh, Team Antetokounmpo may be messing around a little, having some fun. You know, they're the brothers. Team Rooks have never played together before. And the Cavaliers just all year, just improving everybody wrong. So I'm going to go with them to win the skills challenge. That's fair. Bold prediction. I don't know if this is going to happen. I I honestly don't think this is going to happen, but I would love for it to happen. So that's why I put it in my bold prediction. And that's... Mm. Juan Toscano Anderson winning the dunk contest uh, probably wouldn't have even been the number one guy, number two guy, even on the Warriors. If we got to just, uh, I don't know, just pick off of who we wanted, not off of who was actually going to do it. I think I'd take Kaminga and Gary Payton and probably even Andrew Wiggins over Juan Toscano Anderson. But we, we got JTA in it. So shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, and for my bold prediction, I'm going to go with Freddie Van Vliet. Winning the three-point contest. This guy's shooting 40% from three this year. I've been a fan of him ever since his Wichita State days, so I'll be rooting for him in the three-point contest. 
There we go. March Madness is also another thing right around the corner here. So oh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully that's going to be fun. I mean, nothing's nobody, clear at all, Kyle. Nothing sure. is clear at all except for Gonzaga destroys West Coast teams. That's the only thing we know. Everyone keeps losing. We're like, oh, Arizona's the team. Nope, lose to nope. UCLA. Purdue is the team now. Nope, lost to Houston. Houston loses six in a row. Not them. It's going to be crazy. Welcome to college basketball. Mm-hmm. And this is probably going to be the year when somebody predicts a correct bracket. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, okay. the craziest year is what is my point. The craziest yeah. year, the year where it seems to be the hardest to actually predict the correct bracket uh, ends up being the year that somebody probably does. Yeah. You bet. It's going to be the guy watching all the Portland state tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He knows how real basketball is played. But that's going to do it for episode 75. Pretty fun episode. Kind of short, but I mean, not every every episode needs to be an hour, 20 minutes long. So I think we're just under an hour for this one. But pretty good episode. Fun stuff to talk about. QB's predictions for all 32 teams. Award predictions for next year. Next week, uh, we'll have some wide receiver rankings. Yeah, top 15 receivers. We could have done that this week, but with Decided to not throw that in here as well and save it for next. Uh, I could start a, like a top five or top ten uh, draft prospects per position next week. That's fair. Something yeah. that we could talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll find some more stuff to talk about. If you guys have any questions or anything, go ahead and ask us. Probably on the tweet or on uh, Instagram post we got going on. Just go ahead and tweet at us if you want us to talk about something, and we'll go ahead and do that for you. So yeah. let us know. And uh, hopefully we'll see your stuff on the show. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Go Jets. Later.